All right. Well, we better get started. We're already a little bit late, so let's all take us a songbook and find us our spot. And let's turn to 463. Let's sing together. When the trumpet of the Lord shall sound, and time shall be no more, and the morning breaks eternal bright and fair. When the slaves of earth shall gather over on the other shore, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, yonder, I'll be there. On that bright and cloudless morning when the dead in Christ shall rise and the glory of his resurrection share. When his chosen ones shall gather to their home beyond the skies and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. Let us labor for the master from the dawn till setting sun. Let us talk of all his wondrous love and care. Then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done, and the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. When the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. Praise the Lord. I will be. The name's written down. Got it settled, as they say. The old account was settled. Long ago, amen, thank God for that, 1975, November the 1st, amen, I'm thankful I get to celebrate my spiritual birthday every year in November, November 1st, I praise the Lord for my salvation, amen, and I always tell people, if you can't get excited about your own salvation, we'll get excited about mine, amen, because I am, but it's good to be with you tonight, and uh, good to be in the Lord's house, we need to remember to pray for Miss Bonnie, I know she's Stiff and sore, trying to get back to moving around, doing things like normal. Um, yes. I talked to her today. She said the same thing ran out about 10.35 last night. And mm-hmm. that she does have some pills, and she's taking Tylenol, and she's feeling it. Amen. Yes. Praise God. Yeah, that's what she's telling me this morning. I praise God for the good report. Amen. Sure enough. And... Uh, Remember, remember to, because uh, I, I mean, Robert knows that's soreness wear you out. That's some tough stuff. But uh, pray for her; she gets feeling better and gets up and doing things soon. Um, any other prayer requests? Any others? Dan's head, I guess, and uh, pray for Dan's truck too. <laughs> you think it's bad? I wouldn't doubt. You probably checked the paint on it. You might want to check that. Yeah. All right. Anybody else? Anything else? Remember my sister? She finally got a point. She lumped up in the morning of March 2. Mm-hmm. All right. And we hope and pray that they can 
open prayer ain't no cancer there. We never know. Right. They say they are. If they are, maybe they can do something about it. Amen. That's right. We lift her up in prayer. Y'all pray for Stephanie. She's uh, she's uh, looking at a new job opportunity, and just kind of kind of pray God's will in the matter. Maybe maybe a good thing, may not be. Just kind of feeling it out. So just uh, pray for her in that decision. But uh, anything else from anybody? All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Let's ask God to ask God to meet with us. Robert, lead us in prayer. Amen. You be seated.
beyond the crystal sea, about the angels singing and the old redemption story. And some sweet day I'll sing up there the song of victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. Praise God! He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing blood. All right, let's turn over to number 324. 324, take the name of Jesus with you. <clears throat> Some people need to do that. They only they only associate with him at church. Amen. You're supposed to take him everywhere you go, amen.
this uh, this matter of two invitations that we see, and we've kind of already. This is almost like a um, kind of almost like a uh, summing this thing up as far as as wisdom uh, and the foolish woman. That's what we're going to be looking at tonight. So uh, Proverbs chapter nine. I won't read the entire chapter. Uh, well, I think it back. I will too. Let's just do that. All right, let's begin there in verse 1. The Bible says, Wisdom hath builded her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. She hath killed her beasts. She hath mingled her wine. She hath also furnished her table. She hath sent forth her maidens. She crieth upon the highest places of the city. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, Come, eat of my bread, and drink of the wine which I have mingled. Forsake the foolish and live, and go in the way of understanding. He that reproveth the scorner getteth to himself uh, a shame, and he that rebuketh the wicked man getteth himself a blot. Prove not a scorner lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. For by me thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. If thou be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself, but if thou scornest, thou shalt alone shall bear it. A foolish woman is clamorous, she is simple, and, fi- and knoweth nothing, for she sitteth at the door of her house on a seat in the high places of the city to call passengers who go right on their ways. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. And as for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, Stolen waters are sweet, and bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he knoweth not that the dead are there, and that her guests are in the depths of hell. And may the Lord add his blessing tonight to the reading of his word. Let's go to him in prayer. Father, I love you so much. Lord, just such a privilege, such an honor to get to stand behind this pulpit, Lord, again. Every time I do, Lord, I don't take it for granted. I'm very thankful, Lord, for the call on my life. Thankful, Lord, for the opportunity to teach the Word of God, to preach it, Lord, to to uh, communicate the truth in it to your people. And, Lord, I realize that, that we've got a group in here tonight, but, Lord, we've also got a group that will listen online. Father, we've got people that are listening in. Uh, Lord, uh, through our blog talk radio. And, Father, we pray for each one, the sound of each voice, uh, as it travels out to each each person. Lord, uh, the sound of my voice going across the airways. Father, I pray, Lord, that you, the Holy Spirit of God, that you empower and you direct the truth to hearts, Father. I pray, Lord, that uh, you touch a life tonight, Lord. Maybe somebody out there listening in, Lord, who uh, stands at the precipice of choices in their life. And, Lord, they're... they're teetering on making a bad decision that will lead them down a, a hard road. Father, I pray tonight you, by the by the way of the preaching of the Word of God, steer that soul away from that terrible decision. Father, I pray you'll help us, Lord, to stand back and, and admire the wisdom of God. And, Father, to take these things and, and file them away in, a, in the filing cabinet of our heart. Lord, when somebody comes across our path that needs your wisdom, Father, may we be quick to, to pull it out and, and to use it for uh, Lord, Lord, to help them to go on their way and to honor you with their life. Father, I pray you bless me tonight. Put your hand upon me. Forgive my sins. Fill me with your spirit and use me for your honor and glory. In Christ's name we pray. 
Amen. All right. So we've been we've been looking for the last several weeks uh, on this the subject of wisdom, and uh, you know, and Solomon has been expressing over and over and over the value of seeking after wisdom. He and uh, and when he's done it, he's he's varied his approach and how he's conveyed that. Um, he makes he makes his own appeal as a father to his own son. Uh, in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8, he says, my son, I mean, he's not just talking to people, he's talking to his own specific son, Rehoboam, and he says, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. Uh, and in, in, in uh, chapter 4, and verse 1, he says, hear ye children. So he wasn't just speaking to his son, he's speaking to his son and perhaps his daughters as well. When he says, hear ye children, the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. So he wants them to listen so that they they learn the, the ways of God. They learn the proper ways of dealing with life's problems so that they don't fall apart when the pressure comes. Because we all know that life's full of pressure. We all know that life's full of choices. Life's full of hard choices. And if we don't make the right choices, we live with the consequences. So we need wisdom going in so that we can make a discerned choice. And uh, but so he, he he again he dresses it like a son appealing. I mean a father appealing to his son. But then secondly on this he he, he personifies wisdom as a lady who invites people to come and listen and hear what she's got to say. We saw that in chapter eight, Proverbs one twenty says though. Wisdom crieth without. He uttereth her voice in the streets. God's trying to get people to hear him. God is trying to get people to understand that his way is above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. God wants us to understand not only that, but he wants us to come and reason together with him. And the Bible tells us he wants to do that. So God God, God wants us to come and hear from him. He tells us to lean not to our own understanding but to trust in him with all our heart. And so, he again, he's personified there. We saw in chapter 8, we'll see it in chapter 8, verse 1, where it says, Doth not wisdom cry, and understanding put forth her voice. God, God's word, everywhere God's word is preached, wisdom is crying out. Everywhere a tract is handed out, God is crying out. Everywhere a billboard is put up with the truth of God on it, God is crying out. Every time it's broadcasted over a radio station or it's put on the Internet, God is crying out, trying to get people to hear his wisdom so that they don't throw their life away. But, he, again, he's personified as a, as a lady inviting people to come and take heed. And then in this final discourse on, on wisdom, he, he presents a picture of two women. And both of these women are extending invitations. The one woman in, in verses 1 through 12, she personifies the lady of wisdom. And then the other one personifies folly or foolishness in, in verses 13 through 18. You know, and, and the truth, the reality of it is everybody's going to accept one of those two ladies, every single person. You're either going to listen to what wisdom has to say and take her by the hand and walk with her and receive from her, or you're going to take the hand of foolishness and folly and head on down the path of your destruction. There ain't no other. Nobody just milling around up against the wall. Everybody's going somewhere. 
you know, I, I quoted him all the time. I quote, I quote him all the time throughout my ministry. It's the only time I ever quote Bob Dylan, but he said, it might be the devil or it might be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. Everybody's serving something. And you're either taking wisdom's hand and following and serving the Lord, or you're taking foolish, foolishness' hand and you're serving yourself, which is really serving the devil. So God, God wants us to hear the invitation of wisdom. So let's look at it tonight, verses one through twelve. The invitation of Lady Wisdom. Uh, first of all, I want you to see we see her, we see her preparation. Okay, first thing we see in verse one, we see her beautiful home as she describes. It says wisdom has built in her house. She hath hewn out her seven pillars. And, you know, y'all been reading the Bible any time, you know the number seven. Anytime you see the number seven, that refers to completion or perfection. So what God is describing here, he's describing something that's perfect. That's why he gives that reference to those seven pillars. So this is complete. This is everything that a person needs. And, and you know, we could even we could even compare... Uh, the sevenfold qualities of wisdom uh, that James describes in James chapter three verse seventeen. Uh, again, we're talking about seven pillars. Well, in James three seventeen, listen to what it says. It says, "But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, and it's peaceable, gentle. It's easy to be entreated. It's full of mercy and good fruits." And it's without partiality, and it's without hypocrisy. So he gives seven attributes of wisdom. So I don't know about you, but all those things sound good to me. Okay, something that's pure and peaceable, and gentle, and and easy to be entreated, or easy to to to, to deal with, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, and without hypocrisy. Well, how wonderful is that? Hey, I, that's what I need. I don't know about you, but that don't sound like there'd be a problem in that anywhere, does it? No, that sounds like the best anything could ever be. And that's what wisdom saying, hey, come come and come and experience what I have. I have everything that you need. I want to share with you uh, the secrets to, to living uh, a life that's profitable, a life that's fulfilled, a life that uh, that is enjoyable, a, a life of rejoicing and peace and happiness in knowing that you're serving God and you're in his will and having his favor in your life and the comfort and the peace and the satisfaction of knowing that your life is in line with the word of God and with God's will for your life. That's what she's saying to us. She's saying, come on, because where I'm at, everything's good. Everything's fine where I'm at. And and she describes for us uh, the feast that she's prepared. Verse 2, it says, she hath killed her beasts. She hath mingled her wine. She hath also furnished her table. I like that. That's my kind of woman. She didn't. She didn't. Hey, she didn't go down to the grocery store and pick something out the meat counter. No, she went out in the yard and killed it and, and 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 gutted it and skinned it and cleaned it and cooked it herself. Amen. What does that tell you? I mean, that tells me. That tells me how involved in the preparation God is of our lives. God. God's not going to give us something. That's that's just run of the mill. God's not going to. It shows us how invested God in our is in our life because again, and I know there's no fast food in the Bible, but I want you to understand what I see here. It's preparation. It, it doesn't say that she went to the markets and purchased meat. It says she went and killed it herself. 
God's involved in, in the preparation, the entire preparation of our life, all the way. He wants us to come to him for every little thing that we need. Everything that she has is carefully prepared. The Bible says she has mingled her wine. And that, that, that don't mean that you've got a liquor store going on there either. That 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 means it was uh, myrrh, and I can't remember what else they would put in there into the into the. And I and I I don't believe for one second this is describing alcohol. I believe it's describing the blood of the grape. This is describing the the juice of the grape because I don't believe God is, is promoting alcohol, but mingling the wine. That again, that was putting different different uh, uh, fragrances into it to uh, make it something really special. And uh, so you picture this big table that's spread with with all this this uh, meat that's been prepared and and, uh, and and got something good to drink and and sitting there it's all ready everything's prepared i just picture a banquet hall in my mind and every and every place setting's got a got a plate on it and it's got it's got a big old chunk of meat on it it's just steaming got gravy all over the top of it and creamed potatoes and, and maybe some roasted carrots and yeast rolls and and you know and God says, come on in. i got a big old feast ready for you. It's delicious. Come on, sit down and fellowship with me. That's what God wants. He wants us to fellowship at his table. He wants us to come to him and accept from him. And, and, and you know, and everything everything that he has is beautifully presented. God's not sloppy. God, God is a diligent, uh, I mean, all you got, he's a diligent God. He's a faithful God. He's an he's a, he's a, uh, intricate God. All you got to do is look at his creation. I've taken here lately, and I don't might think I'm a little nutty, but I, you know, I, I just love posting pictures of birds on Facebook. I think birds are some of the prettiest. I mean, birds and flowers are about the prettiest yeah, things there are. God, God really, God stamped His evidence of His creativity on birds and flowers. I mean, they're beautiful, and uh, you know, I mean, there ain't a, there ain't a painting hanging in in a art gallery that compares to what God can uh, can create, and you know. Again, God doesn't do anything sloppy. Everything he does, everything he does, he does with intricate precision. And if you can, if you if you take that in, you think about that for a minute. He's not gonna be sloppy with your life either. He don't want your life to be a sloppy mess either. I mean, God wants it. God wants your life to be unique, be you, and and you're not trying to be nobody else and be like nobody else. God made you you, but do it for the glory of God. Let it shine for Jesus. Let it honor God. Let your life honor God. Now, again, you don't have to be pressed into nobody else's mold. Well, I tell you, I had people try to do that to me all my life, and I've resisted it the whole way because I am not anybody but me. And God made me to be me, but he's got things planned. In my, I mean, he's got an intricate uh, uh, plan for my life. I know I've, I've heard preachers say, God ain't got no plan for your life. Yes, he does. If he knows every detail about me, if he knows everything about every cell in my body, every hair on my head, you don't think God doesn't have some kind of plan for my life? Sure he does. And if I would listen to him, I'd be in it. But just like children, we're hard-headed. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. How many times have we said that? Not really said that, but almost the same thing, down on our knees at the altar. I know. I know, Lord, I know I should have done. I know I messed up. I know I know a lot of things. And God knows it too. Amen. And God knows if I just get in his will and just start listening to wisdom instead of what I think is best, then I'm going to be blessed. Again, we see the preparation there. i got to hurry up. I'm losing time here. Second of all, 
we see her plea that she makes. Look at verse 3. She wants to be heard. The Bible says she has sent forth her maidens. She cries upon the highest places of the city. She has sent out her maidens. What's she doing? She's busy preparing something, isn't she? Right? She's got a feast prepared. She sent out her maidens. This is almost sounding familiar, isn't it? Go ye out to the lanes, of the, the, the highways and the hedges and the lanes of the city. Compel them to come in, and my house may be filled. That almost sounds like the very same thing here, doesn't it? Yep. Her maidens, who does that sound like? The apostles, maybe? Jesus? Uh, sending them out, maybe him sending us out. Go ye into all the world, preach the gospel. Maybe we're, maybe it, maybe it's a picture of us and what we're to be doing as children of God, out compelling people to come in to the, to the family of God so that, so that we this this house can be edified and built up as as Ephesians chapter four verse eleven tells us to do for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ maybe that's maybe that's a reference to what we're doing what we're to be doing there to we're to we're to we're to go out and, and compel them to come in Bible says she cries she cries out from the highest places of the city. She goes in the place of in the place of business and says, "Hey, you need to, hey men and women of this world, you need to come to Christ." That what we're to do? Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. Actually, the gospel right here in this. I see. Secondly, about her plea, she invites the simple and those who lack understanding. Verses four through six. There, whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. As for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, Come, eat of my bread, drink of the wine which I have mingled, forsake the foolish, and live, and go in the way of understanding. So she calls out to the one who's, who doesn't know any better before he goes off and does something he ought not do, just like we do with our children. We, when they don't know any better, they ain't got no experience, they haven't lived long enough, and we try to tell them, Listen to me, hear me, please don't make the mistakes that I've made. Please don't go down the roads that I've gone down and others have gone down. Please hear me. She invites the simple. That doesn't mean necessarily mean they ain't got any sense at all, but it's they ain't got any experience at all. You know, when you've never been out in this world, you think you can handle things. And then you get out there and it just kicks a living snot out of you. And, 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 and you, you know, a lot of times... Folks don't know what to do when they get out in the real world because uh, it ain't it ain't like you think it's going to be. Oh, it's going it, you know. Every time I look at that story of the prodigal son, I think about teenagers going off into this world because they think it's going to be a party. They think it's going to be fun. Everybody's their friend. They're gonna make friends everywhere. Find out some people they'll be friends with you, but they'll take advantage of you the whole time. You know, my grandpa tried to warn me about that when I first started hanging around with other kids as a teenager. He kept trying to tell me, they, everybody ain't going to be your friend. They may try to be you, act like they're going to be your friend, but everybody ain't going to be your friend. But she invites the simple. She says, come, come on. She says, she says listen, I, I, want you to, I want you to eat and I want you to drink from this feast that I've got prepared. She says to him, listen, come and enjoy this. Now, listen, I, I forsake foolishness. Don't go down the foolish path. Come, come with me and live. Come, I've got life. Come and go in the way of understanding and be blessed. That's what she's saying to him. 
He's saying, look, you don't know what you're doing. You don't listen. I will show you the right way to go. And that's what God is saying to every one of us. Quit trying to figure it out yourself. Quit trying to do it your way. Come to me. Submit yourselves unto the Lord. Let him bless you. Let him lead you. Let him guide you. Let him let him prosper you and bless you. But you see, again, she's making that plea to the simple. But she won't invite the scoffer. Verse 7 and 9. It says, He that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame. And he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be yet wiser. Teach him just man, and he will increase in learning. I tell you what, I learned that lesson last week about uh, either reprove the scorner gives himself shame. I, when I when I was uh, asked that question of that guy I used to know a long time ago, I said, you know, because he, he was, it looked like he was mocking what I said, and I said I wasn't going to compromise or, or change my convictions or anything, and and I asked him, I said, well, it's kind of strange you laughing at that. I, I was kind of curious as to why. And boy, he just went off on me. Like, I mean, just blasted me with a bunch of filthy language and trying to tear me down, accusing me of all kinds of being all kinds of things. And, and again, he that reproved with a scorner getteth himself shame. I hadn't seen this fellow in 30 years, but he's full of so much bitterness and anger. I mean, he's like, where in the world did all that come from? But he, I mean, you talk, I mean, I, I, Calling me a fake preacher and and, all, and a false prophet and all this, he don't know nothing about me. But there you go. You try to say anything to a scorner, and they're gonna just turn on you. And 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 the Bible said, and get get yourself some shame because they'll just. He said, "He the rebuke of the wicked man getteth himself a blot. Rebuke not a scorner, lest he hate thee." And that's exactly what I got back from that guy. And I didn't do anything to him, but that's what he gave me. But he says, you know, if you rebuke rebuke a wise man, he'll love you. You correct, you know, when you correct somebody that that that's wrong, and it helps them, a wise man will see that and say, hey, thanks for that, I appreciate that. I, I, I I've been messing up all this time. Thank you for that advice. But boy, a scorner, somebody's a little cocky and got got that redneck chip on their shoulder and pride. You think you all are trying to tell me something, boy? You know, that's a, that old attitude. Well, it just jumps up there. And that's a scorner. They can't hear nothing because, again, if I hear it, then that's going to that put you up above me looking down at me. You ain't got no humility when that, that's your case. There's, there's nothing but pride in you. And, uh, again, Lady Wisdom, she's, she's reaching out and she's crying out, but she's only crying out to those who's going to listen to her. There's no sense in wasting your breath on those that won't listen. I mean, she'll try, but if they ain't listening, she's not going to beg them to listen. Uh, now, I said I said you would hear a plea, but you know what? There's a promise that she's making, too. Verse 10, she says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So there's wisdom and understanding if you follow her path, if you walk with her. She promises that. I like that verse a lot. That, that, that one right there. Uh, there's a there's a book that I have. It's called The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozier. It's based off of that verse there. That, listen to what it says. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You know, there's a lot of people who say they're Christians, but their lives do not show you that they fear the Lord. And And you can say I'm saved till the cows come home, but until you really begin to fear the Lord, you're not going to grow as a believer. 
You're just spinning your wheels. You're just giving lip service to to God and everybody else. When you finally get to the point where you realize that God's more important than you are and 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 that what he wants is more important than what you want, and and when you get to that point and, and you finally come to the realization that, that your way is only going to be hard and difficult and God's way is going to be a whole lot uh, more rewarding, it's going to be a whole lot more blessed. I mean, you're going to have his mercy, his favor, and all those things if you'll submit yourself to him and walk with him and quit butting heads with him. You know, I want that kind of life. I want the kind of life where I ain't got all that misery. I want the kind of life where I have the, the, the wisdom of God so that when when problems jump up in my life, I don't sit there wringing my hands, don't know what to do. I pray, I ask God, and, and I seek an answer from him, and I get the wisdom from God because he promised me wisdom. He said if I ask him, he'll give it to me. So when, I, when, I, when I'm living my life that way, generally things go pretty good. So... I mean, it's so important. First of all, we have the fear of God in our life so that we submit to that wisdom. And then the Bible says in in the knowledge of the holy, so, you know, gaining that experience of walking with God and getting his wisdom, just just that daily experience, the Bible says we gain understanding because we, we we begin to understand who God is because it's not just, it's not just words on a page. It's a relationship you've got going. It's, it's it's a give and take. You're reading and you're getting from God and you're giving him your burdens and he's taking them and it's it's a give and take every day and and, and man, you begin to you begin to know God. Not just know about him, not just hear about him, but know him. Because you, you begin to be able to count on his character and say, Well, I know God won't do this and I know God will do this. And 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 I believe him. I trust him. So again, promise. Again, wisdom and understanding. Second of all, long life. I don't know about y'all, but I like to have a long life. I'd like to have a long time. I really would. You know, I, I since having that little baby girl, I, I think about that a lot. You know, there's people die my age all the time, and I think, man, I don't want to leave this world, leave her in it. You know, I mean, I, I really don't. I, I want to live a long time, not because I'm. Not because I'm selfish and just want to hang around down here. Because just between me and you, going to heaven ain't a bad ain't a bad thing. And I'm not I'm not dreading it one bit. Amen. But I don't want to leave that little baby girl down here without her daddy. You know. So so I want long life. Well, the Bible tells me in verse eleven, chapter nine, for by me wisdom says, thy days shall be multiplied, and the years of thy life shall be increased. Uh, verse, uh, chapter three, verse two says, for length of days and long life and peace. Shall they add to thee? Chapter 3, verse 16 says, Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. So God's talking about wisdom there. And again, if we're seeking his wisdom, then God's promising us, he's saying to us, listen, if you're seeking that wisdom, then there's long life attached to that. there's, There's a length of days, there's peace, a peaceful life attached to that. The person who's walking with God is going to have the peace of God in their life. And if the person is walking with God, it's going to have the power of God in their life. And when a person is walking with God in the power of God, God uses that person. That's a conduit for God to reach into this world. Why we can say, hey, there's length of days. God will use a man who will be used of God. God will use a woman that will be used of God. She promises wisdom, understanding, long life. And, and also, there's, there's benefit to it. Proverbs 
9, 12, it says, If thou be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself. But if thou scornest, thou, sh- thou alone shall bear it. Well, I mean, that sounds complicated, but <clears throat> if you got wisdom, it's going to bless you. It's simple, you know, because you got God's help. If you got God's help in your life, then, hey, you're a blessed person. I mean, you got you got help that, that other people ain't got. But if you scorn, if you go around with a scornful attitude, a grumpy, complaining, bitter, hateful attitude, you're going to hurt yourself. Wisdom will help you. Scorn will hurt you. And you, you'll you have to, you, you know what? You can sit there and grunt and be mad. You're not hurting anybody but you. You're the only person you're hurting. Nobody else can feel all that aggression you got built up inside of you unless you blast them with it. But you're just hurting your own self. It's just ruining your insides. So it, it's beneficial to have God's wisdom and understanding. All right, we got we got past all that. We're going to jump into the last one. It won't take near as long on the last one. So wisdom, that's her invitation. Now we get to the invitation of the woman of folly in the last six verses. First of all, I want us to look at her preparation. Verses that we saw the other one. We saw the we saw Lady Wisdom's preparation. How she made her her house is ready. Her her table is ready. Well. Woman of folly don't really make much preparation. Verse thirteen, the Bible says, "A foolish woman is clamorous, and she she's simple, and she knoweth nothing. She's clamorous, simple, and knoweth nothing. That, you know what it means that she's she's loud. Let me give you a picture of this woman. She's loud, and she's seductive." And she's empty-headed. I, I, I picture Mae West kind of character in my head. I know probably not anything like what we think of with like a Mae West or Miss Kitty on Gunsmoke. But, but you know, the whole lady of the evening idea. And, and, and she's calling out. She's going to be calling out to these young men. But it says a foolish woman is clamorous. And again, that means that means that means loud. It's not. That's the opposite of a godly woman. A godly woman is not going to be a loud, hollered, an obnoxious woman. It's just not. A woman who's who's godly is is wants to be respected and respectful. But it's saying that that she's clamorous. The definition again also it it, it refers to a to a uh, woman who comes home way strong. Saying. Uh, so kind of like a kind of like a woman is drunk and don't know you know I, I don't know if y'all ever been around anybody like that but it's a horrible feeling when you get around somebody that's drunk trying to hang all over you and you want them to get away from you uh, you know that's the kind of the idea uh, uh, that we're picturing here. The Bible believers commentary describes her as loud mouthed, empty headed, and brazen faced. That's a pretty good definition. So. You compare her lack of preparation with that of Lady Wisdom. She she ain't got no preparation. Again, she just ah, here I am, world. Ah. That's the kind of preparation. No no tact. No 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 care. No concern. Just wide open. All right. So and her plea. What kind of plea does she make to men? Well, she sits at the door of her house. That's what it says in chapter in chapter nine verse fourteen. For she sitteth at the door of her house. 
That's my. That's unlike Lady Wisdom. What's Lady Wisdom doing? Lady Wisdom's in there trying to. She's making her house ready and she's preparing her table. She's making a nice setting for for somebody to come in and sit down and enjoy things. But this woman just laying out by the front door, sitting out by the front door. Lady Wisdom, what she do? She sent out her maidens to tell people to come in and eat, but not this woman. She sits on a high seat by the highest place, places of the city. Verse 14 says she sitteth at the door of her house on a seat in the high places of the city. That's where the business is conducted. She's downtown. That's usually where you find one of them kind of women, downtown. Uh, you know, and, and here she's sitting by the she's sitting by the door of her house. Probably probably saying, Hey, come on in. Come on in and spend some time with me. She's sitting there waiting, calling the men. You know, I think about when you drive through the city, oftentimes if you look up you see billboard signs advertising strip joints and all kinds of horrible adult entertainment as you drive through a big city and see things you wouldn't see in other places. I just happen to think that's kind of a modern day version of that woman because it, it calls out to it calls out to men who are traveling by themselves down the highway and luring them away and, and and getting in their thoughts. And that's the same way this woman doing. She's trying to find somebody who's got idle thoughts, who's who's Bible calls simple, one who has no purpose, one who's gullible, one who's easily deceived. And that's what she's doing. She's sitting out there waiting. But I want you to notice something, too. She's also in the same place where Lady Wisdom's at crying out, too. The Bible says Lady Wisdom's at the high places of the city. Uh, the Bible says there she has sent forth her maiden. She cried upon the highest places of the city. They're both in competition. Like I said like I said the other day, you know, I, I, preach, I preach one hour at some folks, and 167 hours the devil gets to preach at them. And that's kind of how it is here. You know, you got again wisdom. She's crying out, but she's not staying there the whole time. She's trying to prepare things. She's trying to prepare things for folks. But this woman just laying out in front of her house, calling out all the time. So again, you've got you've got both these voices calling out, and I believe I believe the voice of of, of the woman of folly. She probably her voice is heard more often in this world by most people than the voice of wisdom. But that that's why we got to be like these maidens and crying out and going and taking the message out. I want you to notice that woman of folly, she cries out from sitting down. Cries out in a seated position. And, and I was reading that somebody said, well, that's probably because she's lazy, but I don't think so. I think it's the pose she strikes. She's trying to seduce somebody. You ever seen a woman singing laid across the top of the piano? I think that's probably about how the woman was laid out in front of her door. She's trying to lure somebody. The world is constantly, you know, sex sells. We know that. That's why that's why all the advertisements on TV is full of it. That's why the, all them pictures in the magazines and advertisements is full of it. I mean, they can't sell a hamburger on TV without having some woman that's half dressed. I mean, it's it's just pitiful. But this woman, uh, this woman is calling out constantly. She's everywhere. I mean, again, the internet's eighty percent full of pornography. She's calling out constantly, every single place. And again, she calls out to those. To pass by. Verse 15 and 16 says, To call passengers who go right on their ways. Whoso is simple, let him turn in hither. And as for him that wanteth understanding, she saith to him, All right, 
Now, hold on before we tell what she says. But notice here who she's calling to. She calls, first of all, to the simple. The simple, again, the simple means the gullible. It means without pause. Just like, come over here, okay. Come over here and try this, okay. You know, never a thought. When I was, when I was, when I was putting that down there on the page, I, I thought of one of the most famous songs, which fits us pretty good. Wise men say only fools rush in. Well, they, fools rush in. There you go. They ain't thinking. They just whatever. Come over here, okay. Come with me. All right. Hop in the car, kid. Okay. That's how kids disappear. They gullible. They'll just go along with a stranger. They don't know. They'll believe anything. Right. And and again, that's that's what he's warning against is is these young people who ain't got enough sense to come in out of the rain to blow fuzz off a peanut, however you want to say it. They ain't got the sense to know what this world will do to them yet. And the devil has got a million of these foolish women crying out for their attention. Come to me. Come, come, come. And the voice of wisdom is so faint compared. The devil's woman's competing for the souls of men. And she makes a promise. Verse 17, she says, stolen waters are sweet. Bread eaten in secret is pleasant. We get some stolen waters we didn't have to pay for. Man, it's much sweeter. And we get some stolen bread. We eat it. Nobody knows we're eating it. It's, a lot, it's even better than that kind you have to pay for. What's she referring to? She's referring to a relationship, physical relationship, not with her husband, but with somebody she just met. And saying, hey, you know, nobody's going to find out what we're doing. This will be great because nobody's going to find out. We'll get away with it. See, stolen waters is what God calls it. Why? Because you're taking something that belongs to another person. When a man or woman stand there and they, and they, they, they vow before God and, and man, to, to uh, honor one another and respect one another and be faithful to one another, and you become one flesh, I mean, and you're bound to that person for the rest of your life, and you give something that's precious to somebody else, that's stealing something. Stolen. But I, And she says, oh, listen, the stolen stuff's the best. That's a false promise. That's a lie. That's what the devil tells every person that goes out to the honky-tonk and leaves with somebody, oh, it's wonderful. No, it's not. It's a horrible, horrible, horrible feeling when you deal with it in a sober mind. She lies. Her promise is a lie. I'm telling you, in Proverbs 5, 3 through 5, the Bible says, the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb and her mouth is smoother than oil, but her end is as bitter as wormwood. Sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. Proverbs 20:17 says, bread of deceit, again, there's that bread again, is sweet to a man, but afterward his mouth shall be filled with gravel. Break a tooth off. That wouldn't be too good. Mouthful of gravel, that's a bad thing. That's a whole lot different than eating a nice, fresh piece of bread. And that's God, contra- that's God giving you a contrast from the, the front door to the back door. The 
the way it comes looking, the way it is looking, going in, the way it is coming out of the thing. Whole different world, whole different view. The devil always promises great things, but all these apples got worms in them. The devil promises you the moon, but he, he don't deliver. <clears throat> but you see, the simple man, he don't understand. Verse 18 tells us, says, but he knoweth not that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of hell. Her home is the house of the dead. In chapter 2, verses 18 and 19, for her house inclineth unto death and her paths unto the dead. None that go unto her return again, neither take they hold of the paths of life. Her house is the way to hell, it says. You know, that song ACDC song. Things, things. I'm on the highway to hell. Well, she is on the highway to hell. That's where this woman lives. Her house is on the highway to hell. Proverbs 5, 5. Her, her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. Chapter 7, verse 27. Her house is, is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. How many young people? How many middle-aged people? How many older people? Follow that highway. Get caught up on that highway. Take a wrong turn following after something, somebody they should have never followed after because they they listened to that foolish woman who promised them all kinds of things. But yet the end is always bitter. Always bitter. So we got this contrast. I mean, we've got these two invitations. And like I said, again, maybe this is a metaphor for the way somebody's life's going to turn out if they choose to go the wrong path, if they choose to listen to their own self rather than listen to God, they choose to listen to the advice of others rather than to listen to God. They say, you know, I ain't lived enough. I ain't, I haven't partied enough. I ain't, I ain't had enough fun. You know, I get through doing all that. You know, I might settle down find God. Better listen to that. You better listen to wisdom while she's calling, because she may not call you too much longer. You know, I always, I always wonder why. Why does it say that her house is the way to hell? Why does it say it's the way to hell? Can they not turn around? But again, I know some do, but very few do. Because when you make the decision to head down that road, you've pretty much left all that's good and right behind, and you've left all and all the consequences that are going to take place. You're not, you're not counting that. You're not counting the cost as God tells us to do. You're just living for today, living for the moment. And it all has consequences. Again, you're going to have to follow one of the two. So the, the question is, whose invitation are we going to accept? Are we going to listen to, to, to Lady Wisdom, who has prepared everything for us and delivers on what she promises? Are we going to listen to woman folly who promises much and delivers the opposite? Now we don't always have, we we don't have to be talking about adultery and all this. Listen, take, following lady uh, lady folly or we, woman, uh, the woman of folly that's just that's just following anything other than God. It doesn't make any difference how you follow that woman of folly if that you ignore the voice of God, you ignore the voice of wisdom and follow after it. 
And I and again, when you part company with God to go your own way, there ain't life down that road. There's nothing but heartache, misery, shame, and death. I would to God, everybody on the sound of my voice, to step back and examine their life. What am I doing? What kind of choices have I been making? Is my life honoring God? Time I got lift. Am I gonna am I gonna have anything to show for this time that I've been down here? There's so many there's so many people that's thrown so many years away. They're thrown so much time away. And and all of that can change right now. All that can change tonight. All they have to do is come to God in prayer and surrender their will to him. Maybe they're not saved and they need to come and do that. I know there's people listening into this tonight probably don't even know if they're saved or not. Listen, you've got to come through the blood of Jesus and get born again. When you get saved, then you then you can submit to his will. But you can't live for God until you do that, until you come under the blood and get saved. But there's so many Christians out there that, that they may, may not hear this message, but those that do, my, my heart's desire is that you quit trying to do it your way. You quit trying to figure out and guess God and just listen to him and just and come to him and submit and say, God, I want to take wisdom's hand, and I want the best that my life can possibly be. I want to follow you. I want to listen to what you say and submit to you and really prove the Bible, prove that it's true. I, I challenge you. I dare you. Prove God. Cry him out. Challenge him. Say, God, I want to. Prove this book's true. I'm going to sit out and live for you. I want to prove that you're true. He'll do it. He'll prove himself to you. God is not afraid of your challenge. But if you'll do that, I'm going to tell you something. You'll find so much treasure and reward there you never dreamed God has for you. Let's stand together. Well, praise the Lord. I'm sorry I kept y'all over a little bit tonight, but I think we'll live. Let's have a, let's have a blessed week. And if there's an opportunity between now and Sunday to speak to somebody on behalf of the Lord, take that opportunity. Ask God to give you words to say and just step out on faith and just trust God and let him work in your life to lead somebody else in the right direction. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer and we'll be dismissed. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.